September 26, 2020, it's a lot from Pedro Show. Thank <laughs> you. 
Happy Saturday, Watt for Pedro show. It's it's all deja vu all over again. Uh, listeners, you don't have to understand because you don't know it's a Xerox because you never you missed the first time around. Uh, we start with Jason Train. Happy Saturday, uh, live in Copenhagen, nineteen sixty-two. John Coltrane just had his birthday. Then Surf for Blood with Karen, and I got with me. John, the, the main surfer blooder. And last time we talked, it was 32 months ago, and but he was Oaktown, and now he's back in his home state, Florida. And uh, we were just uh, commiserating over the fact where there's a lot of different parts of Florida because it's bent and stuff. You think it's smaller than it really is. There's six, seven gigs if I want to do a, a good part of the tour, and especially if you want to go all the way to Miami. And, and, and you're Palm Beach, West Palm Beach? Yeah, here in West Palm Beach, right. a lot different from Palm Beach. Um, yeah, two yeah. different worlds, I can tell you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. One time I played in West Palm Beach, and uh, it was in a strip mall. I think it was called uh, uh, Situation Normal. Yeah, Snafu. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they usually had punk gigs there, but whatever. A couple blocks away, though, uh, Buddy Miles was playing. So I went to go there to try to meet him. They they said he couldn't get down the stairs, so I never got to meet him and stuff. But because I love that uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, what's it's like the second gig they ever did, right? Uh, Band of Gypsies. Don't shoot him down. <laughs> and this is we're talking the Atlantic side people and uh, Atlantic Ocean side, and it's way south. Uh, it's not south, it's Miami, but it's on the way. And there's the Gulf of Mexico side, and there's a Panhandle side, Lower Alabama side. There's all kinds. A big Navy town in Jacksonville. In fact, it's really easy to get from Pedro to Florida as far as directions go. You just go to I-10, make a starboard, keep going. That's exactly right. And it's a long drive, but I've done it multiple times. And it's a, I'd recommend it to anyone looking to um, uh, not think about anything for you know, 20 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Inter Christopher Columbus Intercontinental Highway. and uh, But there is a bypass by New Orleans where Slidell is, so a little I-12. But you can do the whole I-10 I if you want. And uh, Speaking to a true road dog over here. <laughs> this guy this guy knows. Well, learning by doing, right? And uh, But you, you put in your thing. So tell me about, uh, like I was telling listeners, 32 uh months since we last talked and you were in Oaktown. What has happened in between with you? Besides moving? Well, besides besides a, a gigantic move and setting up a new studio space, which has made me more handy than I thought I ever would be. Um, I can I can lay drywall now and do the beams and use the X-Acto knife pretty well. Um, See, you're, le that, you're, you're learning by doing too. <laughs> trying, yeah. <laughs> More like trial and error, but that's a well. That's, that's how the I, way it goes. Same with tour with what? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe how you guys had to do it back in the day. With I, I've, I've thought about this a lot recently. Did you just show up at a payphone, call the promoter, and say we'll be there between two and six hours from now? See you then. You know. <laughs> that, you know you know, John, it's a trip because people forget about the Black Flag guys. They actually built the fucking circuit. And so yeah. it was Chuck Dukowski's phone book. You're right, we were, they were using the phone and shit, but he actually booked the tour. 
Sometimes you'd get there and the guy would lie and say there was no gig. But a lot of times it did. Well, I don't know now because of COVID-19, but a lot of the circuit came from those days, those black flag. You know, they would do four-month tours, 100-gig tours. Oh, yeah, I've done, I've done only one, uh, one three-month tour ever, and at the end I had such a bad cough that it would um, um, trigger my gag reflex every time I coughed in the van, and it was just, you know, it was, it was pretty brutal. But uh, don't think that it's gotten any better with canceled shows or flaky promoters with the invention of the Internet. It's still sometimes kind of a toss-up. Yeah, yeah. So, Chuck Tukowski, you know, uh, SST had something called Global, like their own little booking thing, and that's where we did our first tour and how we learned. Actually, our first big U.S. tour was in the van with Black Flag, all, all ten of us. So there was two levels of plywood and kind of sardine, uh, head to foot kind of stacking. I couldn't read. I couldn't get my hands up to a book, you know, because it was too close to overhead. But it was still righteous because... Getting to see the country, you know. Uh, part of that tour, too, they brought us over to Europe our first time getting overseas, too. So, for all the hells, you know, and you know about that, I think it's a net gain still. Because of the. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I would trade all my claustrophobic van experiences. I wouldn't <laughs> trade them for anything in the world, you know? It's, uh, those are memories, man. I remember D. Boone, we're going to see every Civil War battlefield. People call pay for the shit, and they call it vacations. That's <laughs> like, all right. So it didn't stop there. It was also like the Fly Fisher Museum, the Bob Wire Museum, several Bob Wire Museums. Yeah, it was like, it was incredible. The physical thing of going from town to town, instead of having this idea, you know everything by just uh, watching TV, maybe. No, absolutely. I've, you know, I have been to 20 something countries now through music, you know, um, and I am definitely a different person than I would have been otherwise. You know, you, um, I think a lot of people deal in stereotypes and the lived reality of visiting new places is just so much different than, um, than what you, you know, what you get through TV or what you get through, you know, Facebook scrolling or anything like that. Like, uh, People are complicated, they're all different, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. And, man, it starts with the geography. Yeah, and by the time you get to the people part and the animals. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me, what were you thinking? Because since you're building the studio from the ground up, did you have, like, some thoughts about Because, God, John, for years you've been in studios, right? Yeah, I mean, some some very, very nice and some that are essentially a living room that's been transformed into a studio. Um, and you can make any one of them work is the thing I've noticed. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the few things in life where you don't necessarily get what you pay for. It's all about who's running it, who's, you know, what musicians are playing in it. There's there's so many other factors involved. Um, yeah, I don't know, like... A, We've made great records in like our warehouse type studio, and I mean, we recorded in a really nice studio in Hollywood one time uh, when we were on a major label for a brief millisecond in time. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, that it was nice because it was really comfortable, and you sort of had the the reassurance professionals were working on everything. But at the end of the day, um, you have to trust your own judgment first. I think is the important lesson I've taken away from everything. 
yeah, a little bit of ching ching too. <laughs> uh, but I'm yeah, curious. I'm curious about this thing, you know, that you're doing on your own and building. For, for, for starters, what's the name? Uh, it's called Shade Tree Studios. It's my my buddy Michael McCleary who plays guitar in the band, and he has done the righteous work of you know keeping up his studio for um, um for ten plus years now. Even though I know he doesn't, he's not necessarily in the black every month, you know. Um, but he does it anyway because he just wants to have a place for us to go and get loud and record drums and do whatever we need to do. Um, and we just moved to a bitter, bigger and better location. Um, and you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of elbow grease involved in that, but, uh, it's kind of nice because there's kind of nothing better to, to pour your, your hard work into, especially when you can't be on tour right now, you know, got to do something. Right, right. Jesus. Yeah. Music wise, you know, music, I was reading somewhere, King Lear, uh, Whoever wrote that shit, <laughs> Mr. Shakespeare, in, in a, oh the bard, <laughs> yeah, or was it, or was it the beard, right, for Mr. Devere, or, uh, Kit Marlowe is that one keeps coming. You know, I want to play a uh, summer trope, even because summer just ended, right? <laughs> so I missed out. Sorry, but this is something you did with uh, these Dutch cats, right? Or the singer, yeah. Right? Well, there's two versions of this song, but I think I've identified which one you're going to play. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a very talented girl named Pip Lom yeah, from the one. Netherlands who we did a tour with a couple years ago, and her stuff is amazing. Like I was just blown away every single night they were opening up for us, and uh, you know, you kind of get bored hearing your own voice over and over again for a decade on end, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of am. Um, just wanted to change it up, do something different. And I asked her to sing this track and she was more than willing to do it. And it came out so cool and also so different from the stuff we normally do. So yeah, it's a, it's a, a treat, a rarity, maybe who knows. Okay, here we go. Summer trope with pit blown. Just a lot, give away Stuck in a side of an island Out in the middle of the bay Summer days Summer days One more summer in this awful place Summer days He dug his way out 
How's it going? I'd like to take this opportunity to wish everybody happy Valentine's Day, you know. You're all such sweethearts. What? Pardon me? Oh, yes, and happy Groundhog Day also. This is even more important.
lot for Pedro Show. Yeah, Summer Trope featuring Pit Blum and with uh, Surfer Blood. After that, Aunt Sally with Lorelei. Black Lodge press release. <laughs> I always wanted to call tune that. <laughs> Maybe that's what they all are. <laughs> Model Home. After that, with Move Immediately out of D.C. Sonic Rendezvous Band. This had uh, Fred Sonic Smith and uh, Scotty uh, Ashton on the drums, Scott Morgan. Uh, I, I think Gary Rasmussen was the bass man. So sincere, sincerely yours. And uh, Wild Rats, World of Hurt, that's uh, myself and uh, Steve Shelley with uh, Ron Ashton. Steve Shelley, actually from Midland, Michigan. And if, if you're from Michigan, they always show you your hand to show you where they live. And his is right in the middle of the palm. <laughs> Hence the name. And guide by voices, photo range within. I think. Hell yeah! I think you got <laughs> you got to connect somewhere. And I think Bob's got another album or a double album coming. <laughs> I think he's. I think that's his fifth one this year. Yeah. If I had to guess. <laughs> you know, he played here on New Year's. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and, every chance I get to see that band, I'm. I feel blessed. Well, this truly game, one of my favorites. I didn't get to go, but it was 100 songs. It was five hours. Oh, my God. He's banned. What if you have to pee in the middle of a set? What do you do? <laughs> well, yeah, right. Well, yeah, and especially if you're, like, hoisting the fucking beers. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you going to do after where are those four-miller lights going to go before I, the set? You know? Right, I wasn't there. Remember they'd have the manager? I don't know if this happens anymore, but the guy would bring on, like, the beer cooler. That's dangerous. Oh, we... We yeah. share a manager, but he's never done that for us. I don't know what it takes to get to that level. Maybe I don't know. If maybe Dave, I, <laughs> I think this was a road boss, and maybe not David. Uh, I don't think. I, no, I don't think David could, could carry a giant cooler full of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uneasy rider. <laughs> yes, Sir, you know, you know the movie ends in Florida. I know it's it's almost too perfect. Yeah. Oh, so you got you knew about that, right? Okay. Oh yeah, it was. It was it was intentional, <laughs> and in like the way it ends too, it's like oh fuck. <laughs> I mean that has got to be one of the most brutal ass endings. I guess Absolutely. Apocalypse Now. I guess they didn't know how to end it, right? And then Marlon, give me that bowl of water. You know, oh that, yeah, yeah, with the uh, with the door song, yeah. right? And the killing of the water buffalo, and uh, Jim, right, singing. And I think he's from Florida, right? Oh yeah, he's from he's from Melbourne. I always forget that, but yeah, that's true. I have one. Um, I only played Melbourne once. It was a strip mall. There's a lot of strip mall. Here's SoCal too, but uh, Chaco Pistorius's brother was at the gig, and we ended up conking at his pad, and he wrote us, read us this poem, this huge ass poem he wrote. His he's an accountant, but uh, his stage persona was rock michael pistorius and uh i remember us wake up in the morning he had a pillowcase over his head and he had a whole bowl of jalapenos and they were empty so he must have chowed all them so he was uh, <laughs> i don't think uh, oh my god yeah the intense streak didn't end with jocko i think it carried on to other parts of the family he sure was a sweet guy though but that's my melbourne and um yeah because he's florida too in fact i think he was beaten to death by in a club somewhere, St. Pete or I didn't know that. That's that's absolutely horrible. 
And that Jack Kerouac too, right? Well, it, a couple of weeks later, he tries to tape a silver dollar over a uh, belly button, a hernia. It popped, his guts popped out. And so, yeah, the, the guy who did my Denver gig was telling me, and then I researched this. And, but all kinds of righteous stuff out of Florida, too, not just bad stuff. I didn't mean to do that. But, <laughs> no, no, that's okay. We have a reputation. Yeah, you and know, I know, the Florida large, man thing, right? <laughs> yeah, but come on, California, Jesus Christ. The, the, the whole Charlie Manson, right? That's all. But, but it was Uneasy Rider that made me start thinking all this because the way it ends, right? Start, in fact, it starts in Cali and goes through a graveyard in New Orleans. In fact, it's the I-10. Ah, it all makes sense, Joe. Oh, you see? I, I see what you're doing, Mike. Yeah, because we have a song on the new record called Uneasy Rider yeah, instead of right. Easy Rider. And, uh, that's right. That just that just got it going for you, <laughs> it sounds you, you like. You wound me up, John. You, you, <laughs> you wound me up. <laughs> Uh, look, look, yeah. Uh, what about the last record you did? Because you had a plan of touring it and all this stuff, right? And of course, we had to adjust. You said canceled, but I, I'm thinking more postponed. Yeah, that's that's a much better way to think about it. We are in the process of rescheduling everything for 2021, and honestly, eight months off the road feels really strange, considering I've been doing this since I was 22. Yeah. Um. So. You know, we we've, we tried to keep up doing videos and live streams and stuff, but it is just not the same as playing in front of an audience. Um, so uh, we'd kind of like things to go back to normal at some point, but uh, this uh, is all completely out of our control. Yeah. Scary word, normal. <laughs> exactly. Well, healthy, what is normal? healthy, yeah. and and p people treating each other decent. I like that because normal. Whoa. It can be almost anything, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, normal is also terrifying in its own. Yeah, yeah. The fact that we didn't recognize that. Well, being from, a young, um, you know, uh, younger, Watt actually was younger at one point, and he was a younger punk rocker, and normal was like the scariest word in the word to hear, world to hear. Oh, exactly, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, people have been treating each other like shit since the beginning of time, and, uh, right. um, and we all called that normal for a long time because... <laughs> At some point, you have to go on with your day, but like, yeah, there's, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a ton of misery in this world, and uh, um, we kind of like just stepped over the bodies for like what the last like five thousand years or something. Yeah, Sorry, but, that's a a bit of a dark thing to say, Mike. <laughs> no, but they, it's even a verb, right? Normalize. Normalize exactly. You can make you can make something that seems unacceptable seem normal. A lot quicker than I thought. A lot quicker than I thought, whatever, 32 months ago than when I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> but but behind the daydream of the word is all that weight that you just think, no, no, I'm trying to say humane or decent. But you're actually not saying that. You're just saying what the, the, the status quo is, maybe, to get all Latin on you there, John. No, you're, that's, that's an important distinction to make. And I, you know, can be verbally lazy. You know, probably too often, but yeah, those are decency and normalcy are two extremely different things. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spotlight. God, what? No, no, no. I, I, I don't mind being called out. <laughs> <laughs> but but une now I'm the uneasy writer. <laughs> uneasy is a good word because I think that's that can reflect a kind of state of mind or being. Yeah, I think uneasiness is 
a word that I'm, um, is starting to feel very normal to me. Um, or just, um, uh, yeah, status quo, as you said. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, or even that, the title of that movie, that was wishful thinking. That was not an easy ride. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a tongue in cheek aspect to it for sure. Yeah. Jack, uh, getting Jack Nicholson getting beat to death in the conch, <laughs> in a conch sack, right? Because they they actually didn't recognize him. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I've, I haven't seen it since I was in high school, but uh, but yeah, I, I remember that scene vividly. Yeah, it might have saved Hollywood. They say. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, September twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Special guest John, whole type fire two. September 26, 2020. It's the second hour of the lot for Pedro's show.
watched you drive away in your car. I turned and walked back into the bar. I've been drinking ever since that day. Oh, baby, why'd you have to drive away? I watched you drive away in your car. Ain't no telling, baby. Ain't no telling where you are. Hey, you are. You used to take me out on a Sunday drive. Feel so happy just to be alive. I used to fill up the tank with gas. Anything you wanted, you just had to ask. I watched you drive away in your car. Ain't no telling, baby. Ain't no telling where you Listen out for your car every night But I'm saving my nickels and I'm trying to get alone I'm gonna get myself a car of my own I watched you drive away in your car
probably like a thousand vultures because people throw away their trash there. Yeah. And that's probably the most like consistent source of food that these birds have. And it was just pretty haunting stuff out there. It's a, it's a weird place in the Everglades. A turkey vulture or just, you know, uh, they're I'm all... not, I'm not sure. Just whatever the, the one with the bald head. Yeah. Well, you know why that is? Cause they stick their head in the guts. Because tur turkey vultures, no, our interstate system has made a whole ecosystem for these guys. They've tried killing them with like five pounds, strychnine out of dust and shit, and it can't kill. Uh, you know, they're very hard. But in a way, they're you know, you get more diseases if they don't get broke down and ate up. And uh, people were talking about <laughs> roadkill and stuff like this on the Everglades. Because uh, I'm trying to place, we started the second hour off of Parkland into the silence, surfer blood and. I'm trying to place it in my mind, and so John's giving me a little geography lesson because Watt needs assistance, and so it got into this stuff. Uh, we had 50-year-old man from the fall, late great Marky e. Smith, live from the basement. Uh, only got to see him once, and he kept looking at the kick drum, so I only got his cool the whole fucking gig. Okay, but at least he got to see him once. Wharton tears after that. Telescopic Echo Relay. Work Tears recorded a lot of the early Sonic Youth. And uh, Glenn Branca, too, uh, up in uh, Manhattan. Uh, good guy. He's got his own little orchestra. Flying Vipers with Scorpio Sun. And finally, Around Your Sun, Surfer Blood. So think about when you recorded that album. Uh, you did have the plan for the big tour and stuff like that, but... When you get a batch of songs together, John, what's it like for a record? Do you, do you, do you lay out a whole bunch and then choose from them, or you or you just dedicate? This is going to be here. This is going to be there. Well, I kind of I kind of did the whole lay out a giant batch of songs and pick the best ones for this one. That's an approach I've really never taken before, and I have to admit, it went pretty well because we ended up with two EPs and a full length out of the whole thing. So. I mean, we're, I feel like we're just putting out a lot of music right now. Um, but yeah, the, um, the process of narrowing down the songs to what makes the most sense, what tells the best story is absolutely excruciating. <laughs> um, because when you, you know, when you, when you write a song originally, it's this little idea floating around in your mind and it exists nowhere else, you know? Right. And and then you start opening up that circle, you show it to the band, and, you know, that's always a scary experience. And then, you know, you start showing it to other people who you trust their opinions. And then next thing you know, it's on a vinyl record that you're shipping out to, you know, hundreds of people. Um, it's, yeah, it's a... It's part of it's, a collection, too. It's going with other ones. Exactly. And it's part of, it's part of like, this, not only the story of this record, but the story of the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like this, this orbit just gets wider and wider. Um, and it's actually like when, you know, when you have a moment like we did yesterday when we put out our new record, you know, that's sort of like it's out in the world. Anyone who wants to can listen to it. Um, and that's sort of like, I guess like, I guess that's the goal, but it's still no less scary than you know, that first moment where you showed a demo to your, your drummer and asked him what he thought. You know, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, it does. Because that, that, that was your first audience for the tune in a way, right? The guy's going to co-conspire with you to make it a recording. Yeah, exactly. It's basically asking, 
your band members, am I crazy for, for thinking this is the right direction to go in? And, you know, normally they'll, if they know you at all, they'll, <laughs> they'll tell you, I'm, um, they'll tell you yes or no. And they'll be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a trip, man. You know, there's some copies who, whose idea was uh, you, you wanted more than you needed. Right. And so the, uh, you, you, you did versions of other people's tunes. They're really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, that's a, that's just something that builds up over time. You know, you, one night you get, you get the itch and you cover one of your favorite songs and you know, that happens a few times over the course of a year. And next thing you know, you're, you have like five or six songs and you're like, holy shit, I am, um, you know, like we actually recorded a bunch of covers and they're all like compelling and interesting in their own way. Yeah. Um, and then we just figured like, well, let's just do three more, you know? <laughs> um, so we, we, we picked the songs, we recorded them all in one night and, uh, but it's like really, it's a different process when you're like compiling a compilation sure. like that than when you're making a record and you want the entire thing to sound cohesive and to sound, you know, what's, what's the word you want it, you want it, you want it to be consistent. You want there to be a through line, I guess. Right. Okay. But so then when, you're, you're saying that those, those covers, they, they were never considered part of the batch that was going to be with the original guys. Okay. I understand that. No, it's it's kind of a happy accident that happened, which okay. I am um, you know, which those are those are kind of the best moments is when something accidentally becomes perfect. And they all were recorded in different places at different times with different members, um in different levels of inebriation, you know, so <laughs> they're all over the place. <laughs> I wanna play NM Sky song and I'm gonna take a big guess. NM might be New Mexico. That is the correct guess. You got it, Mike. <laughs> Best flag in the union.
off of Pedro Show. We had a New Mexico Sky Saw. I'm just talking about Zia and the flag and yeah, the license plate. Maybe you know there are some versions that don't use that though. It's like you go through different fads where you I guess it's necessary. Uh fifty year um Oh man. You know what? I read the pl- the see I'm so much into talking to you, John, that I'm reading the fucking playlist wrong. <laughs> that was for, <laughs> this is for the last batch. So people I'm gonna give it you just look at the playlist on the uh, on your little uh, web browser there. Watch you drive away, Sam Bennett. We are the asteroid, Tokyo traffic, Wag Platty with Kansadoro Wot, Sutate Amulets, brand new, catalyzed, uh, Whirly Bird from the late great Silver Apples. We lost brother uh, Simone. Uh, man, uh, uh, an atom bomb, Surfer Blood. Not around you, say, yeah. Wow. Anyway, it's all part of the same hour, people. <laughs> uh, different personnel. How do, how do you deal with that? Uh, well, you know, it's it's always an adjustment. But, uh, you know, thankfully, Mikey and Lindsay, um, we had, unfortunately, we had one band member who passed, you know, oh, God, was it 20... 20- 15 oh my god it was so long ago 2016 sorry um thomas piketty who is a founding member of the band um passed from cancer unfortunately and then um kevin williams moved on to other things um and moved out to, to austin texas where he seems to be doing extremely well um so you know replacing members is never an easy thing to do and thank god um i picked two extremely talented and drama-free people to, to replace them. Um, uh, I think we, we chose wisely. Um, I remember we were on the way to South by Southwest in Austin and I was teaching them, um, Mikey, the guitarist, the songs in the backseat of the van on the way to the show. Um, so there's nothing like waiting till, till the last minute, but, uh, (laughs) you know, this, this news never comes in a timely fashion. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, Super easy to work with. He's the one I'm building the studio with right, right now. Right, right. I was going to say. And uh, and Lindsay Mills, I've known her since we were in high school together. Um, she was really good friends with my younger sister. And I will never forget this story where um, I was I was a senior in high school. I was leaning up against my car, smoking cigarettes and looking really cool, obviously. <laughs> um, and uh, she just walked right up to me and... Uh, said, I have a birthday party coming up. Would you like to play at it? Because of my, she, she knew my band at the time. I've, I've been in band since I was in diapers, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so disarmed by how among just like the level of confidence that it took to just come up to me and to ask me like that. So I, I said, yeah, of course, I, we'd love to. Um, and, uh, you know, she's been following us for a while. She's put out her own records and they're all really good. And when it came time to find a new bassist, you know, I'd seen that she had gotten into playing bass in a couple bands. And I said, that seems like a good pick. Um, and it's kind of magical because now we have two great singers aside from me, who's an okay singer. Um, oh, I love who, your voice. 
Well, thank you. Um, uh, who who are willing to um, uh, step up to the microphone and harmonize with me live? That's a, uh, you know, we're like we're like the Beach Boys now. It's it's great. I um, I couldn't ask for better bandmates. Yeah, yeah, you got a really good band, John. We're at the end of the second hour, September twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Dishwa Peter show special guest John. Hold tight for hour two. September 26, 2020, it's the third hour of the from Pedro Show. All the pressure you never applied can be asleep at the wheel. But something had already died And something had lost its appeal I'm feeling the way 
Thank <laughs> you.
Pedro oh. Show, we started the third hour off with Surfer Blood, Desert Island. Desert Island. That's, yeah, we're in Desert Islandville right now. <laughs> Crane, with tension rising. 
Helen Butte said this, the part A from Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore, the ridiculous trio. This is some guys in Chicago with like uh, tuba and sax doing stooges. I want to be your dog. And finally, in the Tempest's eye, surfer blood. Tempest's eye. I think Tempest was the last play by the bard. The Tempest, yeah. And it's the it's new a, world. It's It takes place with some islands uh, off of your parts. It's a, it's a much harder word to say than I thought it was. Uh, in the Tempest, I. Um, I've, I got it that time, but I usually trip over it. Oh, yeah, because the T's and the S's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a lisp when I grew up, and it, I had to go to um, uh, speech therapy for it, so... I always, I'm very deliberate about about the S's and T's. Uh, Dean Boone had some stuttering, like especially the word cigarettes, like his ma give me the oh you mean the for some reason cigarettes would always get him in this uh, kind of trip, the, the sounds. And by the time we were you know playing in front of people, not so much, but when we were younger. And uh, what do you what do you think? Yeah, that that kind of thing. Well, um, it's it's just something that you never become not self-conscious about, I'd say. Um, and when I'm singing is like the one time I really don't care how I pronounce anything. Um, if people want to say that I sound British when I sing, great. If they want to say I sound extremely American when I sing, great. Because that's your own voice, you know? That's like your true voice in a way. But when you're trying to form words in front of... You know, I'm going to use this word again, normal people. Um, <laughs> Hello, I'm scared. <laughs> you, um, um, you, never, you never stop critiquing yourself. And uh, that's one thing. Have you ever heard this, uh, this tongue twister? It's Theopolis, the thistle sifter, while sifting a sifter full of thistles, thrusts 3,000 thistles through the thickness of his thumb. The fact that I can say that right now yeah. um, shows, shows how far I've come since I was you know, um, a 10 year old, but still like, it's something that you never quite forget when you're, when you're speaking to people. Yeah. 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 Th- those, th- people confuse it with character or like, yeah, yeah I think a stammer is even worse, right? What are you stupid? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, such a it's, up. it's a deficiency and it's like such an ableist thing to do. Um, yeah. that's a, that's a word that I learned recently, by the way, ableist. So hopefully, I pronounced that right. But yeah, the the idea that that everyone should be completely what's the word? I'm I'm searching for a word right now, Mike. Help me. Um, proficient in yeah, right in everything. Yeah, but that's almost machinery wish. Well, yeah, like it's <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like a, you don't want to deal with all these like you know incongruities. <laughs> And like, how does it affect anybody else's life yeah. if I get my S's and THs right. mixed up, which which I do still to this day. Yeah. Who knows, John? It might have been some of the stuff that driven you to get in front of people to deliver your expressions because you just felt fucking beat down on that other angle. Well, Mike, now that you're my therapist and not the person <laughs> interviewing me, let's uh, let's let's go back. Well, uh, here's the edge of the world. <laughs>
for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Edge of the World, Surf for Blood. Then Galaxy with Heaven Channel, Season 2, Album 2, Part 3. These guys, from March till now, eight, uh, they're out in the desert here, uh, Joshua Tree. 18 albums. <laughs> so, yeah, not just one play, but 18 albums. <laughs> These guys... Uh, so, so what's your plan? I, obviously, we got to hold out to things get more healthy to tour. But uh, do you got another batch of tunes? Are you going to put this new studio to work soon? Oh, I would, I would love nothing more. I mean, you know, to me, recording music is the most cathartic, life-affirming thing in the world. So uh, I've been writing some songs, um, been recording them in GarageBand at my house, and um, showing them to the drummer. Yeah, getting getting the orbit a little bit wider, getting getting you know that permission that you need to to take it to the next level. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm on, I'm usually working on stuff. I have so many unreleased songs that'll probably never see the light of day. But you know, for me, that's like that's that's my way of sort of a uh, I don't know. That's like a me sort of getting in touch with what I'm thinking and feeling from moment to moment because I don't really keep a diary. I don't do anything like that. And if you ask me how I felt about shit in 2015, I would have a hard time saying unless I went back and looked at the music I was recording at that time. Yeah, so, pulled out a yeah, tune, right? Yeah. So they're diary entries. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's really not a bad way to think about it. That's, you know, um, it's really hard to, to keep a pin in where things are at at any given moment, I feel like, you know, um, people grow and change and you don't even realize it's happening because it happens so slow. You know, it's like when you get a haircut and everybody notices, like, to you, it's not a big deal. But that's the way people are, I feel like. Yeah. There was a story about some lady in New England next door neighbor had a monkey. She'd visit every day for years. And then she changed her haircut and that monkey bit her lips, her eyelids, and her hands <laughs> off. Is that fucked up? <laughs> So maybe us humans. Holy are, shit! <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. Pretty fucked up. She got one of the first face transplants because of this uh, situation. Oh my god! But Deep Boom that, used that, to. Uh, yeah, it's that bad fucking monkey. Yeah, and there, there was this trainer over here on the West Coast in Hollywood had this one old monkey and got a new guy and the old guy didn't dig it, reached in his pants and pulled both, both his balls off. So watch about having monkeys as pets. <laughs> Yeah, look out for monkeys. They're dangerous. <laughs> Christ, chimpanzee really strong, you know, their arms. And, uh, but anyway, uh, Deep Boom called lyrics thinking out loud. And uh, that's I get this idea from your tunes. In some ways, of course, you know, music is kind of a reflection of persona, so different, but you remind me a lot of Podium. Oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, D. Boone, the guy I, I was in Minuteman with. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I and would his, not compare Surfer Blood and Minuteman to each other, but I love the Minuteman. I grew up listening to you guys. Well, the, the idea of the words, the thinking out loud, that's what he called them. He thought the political part was making the drums and bass as loud as a guitar. He didn't think the words were the... He thought that was thinking out loud and... Whenever I, I hear your songs, I almost hear you talking to me. It's like you're thinking out loud to me. And so I, I really want to congratulate you on that. Uh, I can't speak for the normal people. 
but <laughs> for what, man? I, I, I just can't wait to hear this uh, uh, next batch you got coming out of the new pad in, in these times. And uh, I wish you guys all the luck, truly. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. And when this next batch come out, will you come back on the show and we'll talk about it? I would. Nothing would bring me more pleasure, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me back on again. Absolutely. Honestly, it's an honor to talk to you. I Like I said, like not to gush. But we all grew up listening to you guys. We are all very familiar with your catalog. And uh, the, having the opportunity to talk to you means a lot. Oh, well, okay, I'm blushing, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the September 26, 2020 edition of Peter Show. Keep you fired up.